listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this date, which is June the 24th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me on the line is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. (laughs) You had a very interesting article that the Supreme Court has made a resolution over. It has to deal, of course, with with what happened in Philadelphia's foster care system. Can you kind of summarize what had happened? Well, um, it was decided, the case was decided by the Supreme Court on June 17, 2021, which 17th, we were doing our broadcast that week on on uh, gays and in organizations in the colleges. This week, we're taking it on something that happened with the city of Philadelphia against the the uh, CSS, the Catholic Social Services. The, the uh, con- uh, Catholic Social Services would not endorse unmanned couples or same-sex couples for foster uh, endorsement. What was going on is there were there were um, contracts by the by the county of Fulton, which was Philadelphia city proper, for foster care system. And uh, in 2018, the, the, the city decertified Catholic Social Services, saying because of their stance on on uh, gay couples not being fostered. And subsequently, Catholic Social Services filed a suit uh, claiming that their religious rights were were abridged. Yes, the city explained that the refusal of Catholic Church services to certify same-sex married couples violated both a non-discrimination provision in the agency's contract with the city, as well as the non-discrimination requirements of the citywide fair practices ordination. So CSS and three affiliated foster parents filed suit seeking to enjoin the city's referral freeze on the grounds that the city's action violated the free exercise and the free speech clause of the First Amendment. So, at first, the district court, they denied preliminary relief, reasoning that the contractual non-discrimination requirement and the Fair Practices Ordinance were both neutral and generally applicable under employment. A free exercise claim by the Court of Appeals was unlikely to succeed. So, given the expiration of the party's contract, the Third Circuit examined whether the city 
could condition contract renewal on the inclusion of new language forbidding discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. And the court concluded that the city's proposed contractual terms stated a neutral and general applicable policy. CSS and the foster parents therefore challenged the Third Circuit's determination that the city's actions were permissible and also asked the court to consider, reconsider that decision. So, what happened? Goes to the Supreme Court. Yep. And and they they overturned it. What, what was interesting? One of the one of the, the um, linchpins, I guess, to the decision is is that uh, the foster care system is not public square, and in the public square is uh, where a lot of the decisions are made on discrimination, whether it's same sex couples or racial or other things. And um, they said that there were certain standards that uh, applied when it came to foster care system as to who could be a foster care parent or not. And among them was the the religious values that uh, social services had, and they they could not impinge upon those. So... From our point of view, this is a tremendous success on the part of the Supreme Court because it is contending that the laws against CSS refusal to certify same-sex couples were not appropriate. Right. In fact, uh, several of the ladies that joined in on on this were Catholic ladies that uh, were single moms and foster care parents, and and said that it was uh, impinging upon their religious health values as well. Yes. So this was really quite amazing that the Supreme Court, therefore, in a sense ruled that the agency did not have to give children to be adopted to homosexual parents or parents who were not married and living together. Or I should say men and women or men and men or women and women. Right. It uh, upheld the religious values. You know what's what's interesting is ever since uh, 2015, when they came out with same-sex marriage ruling, uh, this free speech uh, on the rights of uh, religious values had been going in the favor of, of the Christians. Right. So we can have some hope that the Supreme Court, for example. If a law is made in St. Louis that I, as a pastor, have to marry two gay people, then it appears that the Supreme Court says that that will be illegal. And since that is totally against my views, because it's against the views of God, therefore such a law would not be applicable. And therefore, 
we would continue to be free to marry whom we want, when we want, under the circumstances that the church has placed down. Right. Uh, however, if if you're a pastor, you know, that's uh, what we call a worker priest who works outside the church at a job, say, as a city official or a county official, uh, you you may be required to to, uh, to hold the service. But if you were, as a pastor, to go to your church and hold it, then you could deny the service. Yeah, the Supreme Court ruled that the refusal of Philadelphia to contract with the Roman Catholics for the provision of foster care services unless the Roman Catholics violated the first exercise clause of the First Amendment and therefore did not consider whether the city's actions would therefore also violate free speech. Right. This is really interesting. Now, yeah, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I had run across an, an an article by the CTQ, the Concordia Theological Quarterly, back in April, January, and April of 2015, and they had in there an article on religious freedom in America, and they they trace. Quite, quite uh, interesting. They trace religious freedom uh, of people coming from Europe over to the United States because uh, their their freedom of religion was being violated, and how we developed that whole clause into our constitution. And here again, we are uh, after a couple hundred years going back and defending those religious freedoms again. Yes, I mean, we're saying that a state, therefore, would insist that adoption agencies have to give children to also pedophiles. And that, of course, is exactly what is happening here. Because homosexuals that are not repentant are pedophiles as they bring their children up, telling them, that it's okay to live that kind of a lifestyle. And what pedophilia is, is simply denying the word of God and therefore putting children in a situation where they are taking away their freedom. Freedom. And what I find interesting about this decision, it comes in the middle of June, which is supposed to be, June is supposed to be Pride Month for the for the LGBTQ generation, and here is God saying, wait a minute, i got something else to say about this. Well, I just find it really interesting they call it Pride Month. Remember, I always say what's at the center of sin is the letter I, and what's at the center of pride is the letter I. I. And so... God moves these people to be so blind to what they are doing that they refer to themselves as being prideful. And as we've talked about, every sin 
is an act of selfishness. And this is where pride occurs, for sure. And what we're talking about is the practice of sin itself. Instead of what? Instead of having that condition. Like one may be an arsonist, but may not practice uh, arson, but thinks about it and is sinful. Or if he practices it, he goes out and commits a fire. Well, it all depends how you interpret the Sermon on the Mount. Because when Jesus talks about adultery, he doesn't just mention the act of adultery, but even the thought of adultery is equal to doing the act. Remember, like murder, thou shalt not Mm. kill, also occurs when you think about wanting to hurt someone or say something. Now, a person can have a psychological problem. And I think that's what you're saying. That doesn't necessarily mean that therefore they're always sinning when they think about these things. You and I have worked with homosexual individuals who have been able to leave the doing of the act. And we would say that they would be welcoming the church because of their repentant attitude towards it, even though it's a real struggle for them. Well said. I and that's what I was getting at. You know, it's it's. Uh, and as you were talking, you reminded me in, in Luther's explanation by thought, word, or deed. Yeah, it is. A lot of people don't think that sinful thoughts deserve eternal damnation, but they do, and they also are necessary to be repented of. Because we also repent not only of sins that we know about, but of sins that of which we are unaware. Mm-hmm. And therefore, God forgives all sins when a person has that kind of attitude. But all you have to do is look at the pride parades to see that these individuals are not repentant of the lifestyle they're li- living in. And, and therefore, whether or not they're going to be saved is really an issue that God will deal with. I, I can't point to somebody and say, well, because he has this kind of lifestyle, he's therefore going to hell. I mean, how many times have you and I dealt with, a, say, a husband who's cheating on his wife? And that, of course, is a breaking of adultery but then repents of it and is forgiven. So that is quite possible. Yeah, and I think that's that's the key to it is it's the repentance, you know, because we sin daily much and uh uh whereas uh Benjamin Franklin put it to seven virtues and he tried to practice them and he felt like he got the first couple in line, and then he started on the third, and then he found out he was already messing up on the first and the second and gave up hope of ever trying to accomplish that. Now, one of the items, were you able to find what the vote was on the Supreme Court? 
it was nine to zero. In, you know, in the ruling, that really surprises me, because you would think the so-called liberal judges would want to support homosexual lifestyle, but they also voted that an adoption agency like the Roman Catholic one that's been around for decades, if not hundreds of years, cannot have it imposed upon that they have to do what is contrary to their religious beliefs. So you know what this means. There was some discussion about expanding the Supreme Court. Well, with this vote, how many judges would they have to put on in order to get the vote going their way? It would have seemed like at least nine, if not ten. It'd have to be ten, because nine would only be a tie. Huh. And I don't think anybody's ready for ten more justices. Well, and this religious uh, right is is a fundamental of, of our constitutional right. So when when you look at our constitution and uh, the United States, just from uh, you know apart from Christian beliefs, is a fundamental right of of every citizen to practice that right. Yes, if if Muslims want to worship Allah. No city should make a law saying that that's not legal. No. However, there are things that both Christians and Muslims do that are illegal. A second article you sent me, I've often said I don't know of any Lutheran pastor in the United States of America that was ever put to death, became a martyr, because of the teachings of the Lutheran Church. Now, I may be wrong on that. Uh, There were some who, having vacation Bible school where both blacks and whites were invited, they got in trouble. But I don't know of anybody who was murdered. But what was the article you sent me about what a Muslim layperson did recently? Well, it was over in Africa. A radical Muslim has confessed to police in Uganda that he killed a 70-year-old pastor earlier this month because Allah's word to kill infidels who misled Muslims by sharing the gospel. So he he went out and, in the name of Allah and, and killed a, a Christian pastor. Now, it's possible to be a Muslim and not do that. Uh, Just like there were Christians that would beat up homosexuals. One shouldn't do that because you don't bring violence to a situation when someone is living a lifestyle like that. So any Christian who does that is wrong. And any Muslim who believes that is wrong. Now, I, I have some Muslim friends, and at this time they do not believe that they have the right from Allah to go and kill someone. But this man said that he was innocent, and he willingly indicated that he could be arrested, but he felt that what he did was correct 
because he had Allah's word to kill those who were interfering with the Islamic faith. Right. No, it uh, seems to be a, a growing concern over in Africa uh, of persecution against Christians. Just not only that, but also China, Indonesia, Finland. Uh, you, you can name any numerous other foreign countries where this this uh, discrimination is going against uh, Christians. Yes. Um... As a board member of Concordia Mission Society, we take funds given to us and send it overseas to Asia. Uh, I was in Nova Sibiris for about five weeks teaching them about law and gospel at a seminary in Nova Sibiris, and I always had to have a Russian at my side because alcoholism was very high, and there were no doubt that there were occasions when individuals would threaten us because we were Christian, and we were against, of course, the communist government. Mm. So that happened even in Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, which is part of the Soviet Union, and at that time was Siberia. And I've often said Siberia was a place that Christians need to have protection. We've had a number of our missionaries attacked and beaten up, but we still are there sharing the message of Jesus Christ because that's the task of the church, and we do so willingly. In fact, in uh, Nova Sibiris, there's a pretty good-sized congregation. And in Almaty, money from the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, built a chapel, a Lutheran mm -hmm. chapel. And worship goes on there. And it's not easy to get missionaries to go there. And so if you're all able to support that, then you can contact Concordia Mission Society or the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and it has a number of avenues where the message of Jesus Christ still needs to be preached as people walk in the darkness of unbelief and don't realize that the bad that they do, called sin, has been taken care of by a God who is merciful in not giving you what you deserve and is gracious in giving you what you don't deserve, namely the forgiveness of sins. Kind of reminds me of uh, Christ's ascension there in Acts where he says, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Samaria, Galilee, and to the remotest parts of the earth. Here, right here, in our homes, in, in our cities, in our towns, in our countries that we live in to to the various parts of the earth that you mentioned that we take that good news out yes because everyone is living under bad news they can realize that they're not able to accomplish what they want but they don't want to kind of 
listen to God, we're all, in a sense, like Adam and Eve. We want to be our own gods. And therefore, when we sin, we're saying that God is us. And therefore, we ignore what God is saying. But we sure don't want adoption agencies putting children into sinful relationships with so-called parents who are of the same sex because they will be telling the children that what God considers to be an abomination is perfectly okay. And that's why a lot of young people are thinking that the gay lifestyle is a possible lifestyle which God, of course, is opposed to. Well said. I like that idea. We're in a world of bad news, but we have good news to tell the world. And that good news is what KFUO is all about. Yes, we use the law in order to accuse people of falling short of the glory of God. That was the work of John the Baptizer in preaching repentance. But remember what he said about Jesus? The one coming after him will baptize us not just with water, but also with a gift of the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. So if you've got any questions, email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's Open Mic Friday. I'm Tom Baker, Wes Reimnitz. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.